the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Later, we'll be on Apple Podcasts and podcasts everywhere. And if you want to search for previous episodes, you can search talklawradio.com. You can stream our episodes there from that site. If you want to ask a question, feel free to call in today, 210-308-8867, or you can post a comment in the live Facebook feed. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans old businesses, and new businesses which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, and family-limited partnerships. And we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary Therefore, the information you hear today should be coordinated with your individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help me give good information to the listeners about some hidden legal issue blind spots that older people face. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today's show is going to be about Older Americans Month. First, I'd like to pray for those who are grieving the loss of their children and loved ones resulting from the tragedy in Uvalde. Dear God, help us. We grieve the loss of innocent children. Please walk with those parents and teachers and students who lost children in the horrific evil acts of a deranged individual in Uvalde. Please help. Please be present during their devastating grief. I'd also like to pray for the families of those who died serving the U.S. military. Memorial Day is coming up. Dear Lord, thank you for freedom. Thank you for men and women who lay down their life for their friends. We the people. Amen. Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day. In 1869, the head of an organization of Union veterans Major General John A. Logan established Decoration Day as a way for the nation to honor the graves of those who died in the Civil War. 
Today's show is going to be about hidden legal issue blind spots that older people face, including loss of capacity, the high cost of long-term care, financial exploitation, and lifetime gifts versus testamentary gifts. This is Talk Law Radio on KLUP 930 AM. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're talking about older Americans, senior citizens, and elder law. May is Older Americans Month. The Administration for Community Living, it's a a federal agency or, or a department thereof, that is paying recognition to older Americans this month. This all started way back when, in 1963, when President John F. Kennedy established Senior Citizens Month after meeting with the National Council on Senior Citizens. At that time, only 17 million Americans had reached their 65th birthdays, and about one-third of them lived in poverty with very few programs to meet their needs. In 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson continued that work, and signed the Older Americans Act, supporting a wide range of social services and programs for individuals age 60 and older. Ten years after Kennedy's establishment of Senior Citizens Month, the Older Americans Act was amended, which resulted in the establishment of area agencies on aging nationwide. You can Google the Bear County Agency on Aging for some resources if you're interested. In 1980, President Jimmy Carter changed the designation from Senior Citizens Month to Older Americans Month. So just pick your terminology there. And then in 2020, President Donald Trump signed uh, the House Bill 4334 the Supporting Older Americans Act of 2020. So we're celebrating Older Americans Month, so I want to describe what elder law is. The National Elder Law Foundation defines elder law as the legal practice of representing, of counseling and representing older persons and their representatives about the legal aspects of health and long-term care planning, public benefits, surrogate decision-making, older persons' legal capacity, the conservation, disposition, and administration of older persons' estates, and the implementation of those decisions concerning such matters, giving due consideration to the applicable tax consequences of the action, or the need for more sophisticated tax expertise. So who usually needs the services that an elder law attorney provides? Well, it all probably starts after age 65. That's when you start getting Medicare, which was originally an older person's program. Now, with people living to be 100 years old, uh, I'm not sure that age 65 is is really that old. If you ask somebody who's 65 years old if they're old or if they're senior or if they're elderly, they might disagree with you. <laughs> Just try it out. Pull them and ask, hey, do you want me to call you old or elderly or senior? Let us know how people respond to that. You can email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S as in Sam, T as in Timothy, at talklawradio.com. Or post a comment on Facebook or Instagram. Some people wonder why I'm so passionate about helping older people. Well, my mom's mom, my mamma would take me to get my hair cut when I was a kid. And she made no bones about it that she wanted me to know that she was going out of her way to do something nice for me. 
And so she said, someday you're going to take me to get my hair cut. Well, I never got a chance to do that because my mom uh, always took care of her. But I did recognize the situation, and I was there for her to do other things that a grandson would do. We have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about Older Americans Month. Stay tuned. could be a nightmare for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm, 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We're talking about Older Americans Month. And Older Americans Month is promoted by an agency called Administration for Community Living. It's leading the nation's observance of Older Americans Month. And this month they're focusing on aging in place You can learn more about that by searching the Internet for Administration for Community Living, Older Americans Month. Wikipedia says that ACL, that's Administration for Community Living, is under the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the National Institute on Disability, Independent Living, and Rehabilitation Research. There are a whole host of federal statutes that set up this uh, agency, Administration of Community Living. I'll spare you the, the alphabet soup of those laws. So there are a lot of things that go into representing older people. Um, popular terminology right now is elder law. And so, like I said before, it's it's counseling and representing older persons and their legal representatives. So that could be their power of attorney, their executor, their trustee. So my, my dad's mom also spent a lot of time with me when I was a kid because my parents were divorced and she would take us to swimming lessons. We would go over to their house and just hang out. Um, even during the school year, a lot of times uh, my dad would bring us over to their house and we would do our homework at their kitchen table. So I I learned about elder law while I was at St. Mary's, and I just, I just knew that this is what I was going to do. I thought, wow, this is going to be really great just representing older people. I didn't really know everything that that was going to entail, But I learned about this book called Blackstone's Commentaries, and I found this article, and it says, There's a moral responsibility, even higher than the legal, for children to help their needy parents. The duties of children to their parents arise from a principle of natural justice and retribution. For those who gave us existence, we naturally owe subjection and obedience during our minority, and honor and reverence ever after. They who protected us in the weakness of our infancy are entitled to our protection in the infirmity of their age. They who by sustenance and education have enabled their offspring to prosper ought in return to be supported by that offspring in case they stand in need of assistance. 
So Blackstone, William Blackstone was um, an Englishman, and he thought it would be a good idea to compile English law. English law wasn't all statutes, sort of like the the U.S. has lots of statutes for the municipal code, the, the state code, and, and there's a federal code as well. And, and we supplement that with uh, judicial opinions to tell us what the law is. Well, way back in the 1700s and before, there wasn't much written down at all. Um, they just knew what the judicial opinions were. And so he, he not only wrote it down, but he organized it into these books by subject matter. And so that's where I found this article that um, I really like that summarizes uh, how I feel about elder law. Usually I'm in the habit of providing my background in the first segment, but today I wanted to shake things up a bit. So I'm going to give you my, my background in the second segment. I'm a lawyer here in San Antonio, Texas, Some of you think that there's only one San Antonio, but actually there's a San Antonio, New Mexico. It's located near Interstate 25 and U.S. Highway 380. I'm familiar with this place because this is the route people from Alamogordo, New Mexico would take to get to Albuquerque. My mom's sister and also my dad's sister lived in Albuquerque. Those are my aunts, and so we would go up there to visit, and we'd have to drive through this little town. If you happen to be passing through San Antonio, New Mexico, I recommend you stop at the original Al Bar and Cafe. I guess that's a free plug for them. I don't get anything out of it, but they have really good green chili cheeseburgers. So now you know of another San Antonio. You've probably gathered that I'm from New Mexico. Uh, My wife and I moved to San Antonio, Texas in 2003 so that I could attend St. Mary's Law School. And we stayed because uh, the people in San Antonio here in Texas made us feel at home. We felt that San Antonio was a big city with lots of opportunity for work. But the people in San Antonio are also friendly, like small-town people are friendly. So we decided to stay here instead of returning to our hometown in New Mexico. And like I said before, attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law. There's two other attorneys in addition to me. Uh, They focus on estate planning and probate. And I focus on asset protection, tax planning, business law, and helping older disabled people save money and qualify for Medicaid to pay the high cost of long-term care. This is Older Americans Month, and one thing that older Americans have to worry about is incapacity or capacity. So if you can make your own decisions and live your life without any assistance from anyone, we say you have the capacity to make those decisions, to pay bills, to decide where you live, to go to the doctor when you need to, and nobody should interfere with your autonomy there. Well, there are some medical illnesses and injuries that will cause somebody to be incapacitated. The Texas Estates Code in Section 1002.017 defines incapacity as a minor, a child under the age of 18, or an adult who, because of a physical or mental condition, is substantially unable to provide food, clothing, or shelter for himself or herself, to care for the person's own physical health, or to manage the person's own financial affairs. So that's what it means to be incapacitated. And 
this doesn't happen like a light switch where one day you have capacity and, and one day you don't. I guess it could. Um, some people that have a stroke or a heart attack um, can have capacity one day and then they wake up another day and, and they're, they're totally deficient of these skills. But for a lot of other people, it's more of a gradual decline. And so there are some things that you can do to make your life better and to help those who you trust to take care of you to make these decisions for deciding where you live, deciding how to best handle your health care, to making financial and legal decisions. But it's something you you make these appointments, you choose who these people are to be your agent under power of attorney, to be your executor or to be your trustee. You have to do that before you become incapacitated. So this is the, the hidden legal blind spot that some people fall into is because they don't see a lawyer to get this advice and to choose who they trust to make these important decisions. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing, even though some people on the Internet say so. You aren't like your neighbor. You're a unique individual with unique issues and problems and desires and goals. So your power of attorney, your will, and your trust should probably be designed in a unique way for you. I have to mention that I'm Todd Marquardt. This is Talk Law Radio. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And if you have a question, you can call the station right now on uh, May 28, 2022 by calling 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. Or post a comment in the Facebook live feed. If you have a question about capacity or about power of attorney, you might want to mention it there. Some examples of medical conditions, illnesses, and injuries that might cause incapacity would be Alzheimer's, dementia, stroke, heart attack, traumatic brain injury. Nobody schedules these things to happen. You don't say, Well, when I'm 72, I think that would be a good time for me to have a heart attack. No, people don't think that way. They want to remain independent and autonomous as long as they can, and they should. We just have to plan for in case. In case that happens, here's our backup plan. Plan A is for you to make your own decisions about everything as long as you can. Plan B would be for you to have a power of attorney. And if you don't have a power of attorney or if it's not effective or if you run out of agents, then a guardian could be appointed for you. So that would be plan C. We don't necessarily want that to happen because it's expensive and it's cumbersome to get through the legal proceedings. Instead, it would probably be better for most people to have a power of attorney or a trust. Another hidden legal issue blind spot is the cost of long-term care. Some people don't know that they should be saving their money to pay the high cost of long-term care. Or they should have long-term care insurance that pays for a caregiver to come to the house or for assisted living or memory care or for nursing home care. This is something that has to be planned decades in advance because these are expensive services. And I run into a lot of people that just didn't have this in their budget. I'm telling you, it's a good idea to have money saved up for this so that you can decide where you want to live. In fact, we have a whole planning meeting where we can talk about your desires for uh, long-term care, whether you want to stay at home no matter what, 
whether you want to stay in the nicest assisted living community in town or whether you want to save the most money and qualify for government benefits so that you don't have to spend everything you have on this type of uh, living arrangement and health care. We've got to take another break. You're here with Todd on Talk Law Radio. We're talking about Older Americans Month. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, and then later we'll be on Apple Podcasts and TalkLawRadio.com. If you have a question about older Americans, uh, senior citizens, or elder law, give us a call at 210-308-8867 or post a comment in the Facebook live stream. We're talking about Older Americans Month and the high cost of long-term care. That's one of the hidden issue legal blind spots. A lot of people forget to save money for that. And when you're older and you have medical conditions that require a caregiver, well, that costs money if your family can't provide it for you or if they don't have the skills or the, the stamina to carry on like that then you hire people or you go to assisted living or you go to the nursing home. So I wanted to give you some uh, cost estimates based on 2021 data. Genworth is a long-term care insurance company that does a lot of statistics on the cost of health care because being a long-term care insurance company, they're the ones that have to pay for it. And so they keep data on what the average costs are. In Texas, it's estimated that the average cost of adult daycare is $856 a month. So that would be for an older person that goes to uh, a program during the day just to do activities to get out of the house and maybe to receive some supervision. They don't really help with uh, toileting or bathing. They're just a place for activities, kind of kind of like a kid would go to, a summer program. If you have an older family member or neighbor or friend that needs a little bit more help at home where the, they're not able to get out or it's inconvenient or dangerous, then you might want to hire a caregiver to come into the home maybe a a non-medical home care provider. If you paid for somebody to come every day, the average cost might be uh, $4,576 a month. So most older people that I run into, they go from having no mortgage at all or maybe a mortgage of somewhere around $1,000 a month to this $4,500 a month payment that they have to make. And a lot of them are shocked and surprised about how expensive this is, and they think, how am I going to pay for that? If somebody needs a little bit more help, maybe assisted living is, is the key. And Genworth says that the, the average cost in Texas for assisted living facilities is $3,413, but I think that that figure is becoming outdated. Maybe it's because of inflation, but I would say it's about $4,500 and going up. If somebody needs a little bit more help because they need a nurse in a nursing home, then you might be paying 
$5,232 for a semi-private room or $6,935 for a private room. How many of you know what semi-private means? Not private. (laughs) So uh, it's just funny to me because of the terminology. But if you think about yourself, would you want to have a roommate if you were old and you needed lots of health care that was embarrassing to receive? Probably not. You'd probably rather have a private room. But that costs more money. So you want to consider that when you're saving in your monthly budget when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Okay, we're going to continue talking about money, but now we're going to talk about financial exploitation. This is when somebody takes money from an older person because of their uh, reduced ability to handle um, maybe conflict or they don't understand um, the nuances of how a person is trying to separate you from your money. So exploitation includes a caretaker's illegal use of a senior's resources for monetary or personal benefit, profit, or gain. Seniors may need help with their finances, but unless they hand over control to another person, they have the same right as anyone else to receive, spend, invest, save, or give away their money. I answer a lot of questions about this uh, day in and day out. An older person doesn't lose capacity just because they're older. So this isn't always an obvious um, thing that you're going to notice that um, it's wrong for them to give away their money. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Because uh, somebody that does have capacity is allowed to make bad decisions if they want to. They just have to have the capacity to do that. That means no medical condition that is impairing their ability to make decisions on their own. If they want to give money to their grandchildren, that's their money. They can. If it's a bad decision because they're going to have less money to pay for home care, assisted living, and nursing home care, um, maybe that's a bad decision. But they're an adult. They're presumed to be allowed to make that decision. Are we getting a call? Okay. You can call 210-308-8867 if you have a question and you want to talk about Older Americans Month, Senior Citizens, or Elder Law. You can also post a comment in the Facebook live feed. So we're talking about um, elder law and exploitation of the elderly. And I was just saying that uh, older people can make bad decisions with their money if they want to. Now, some bad decisions that I see sometimes are when an older person wants to go gamble their money. I, I just I don't think that's a good idea. But it's their money, and if they have no medical condition that's going to cause them to make that bad decision, then they can do that if they want to. There's a new law in Texas that was just passed a year or so ago. There's, it creates an offense in the penal code for a person who knowingly engages in financial abuse of an elderly individual, including financial exploitation, committed by a person who has a relationship of confidence, of trust with the elderly individual. So that could be the agent under power of attorney or trustee of a trust. And so banks are now empowered, or credit unions, financial institutions, to hold an account of a vulnerable adult upon suspicion of financial exploitation. So what that means is they can freeze the account. If you have a frozen account, you probably need to see a lawyer because banks and credit unions and financial institutions don't like to talk about why they froze the account. (laughs) Okay. 
we're going to be talking about lifetime gifts versus testamentary gifts now. That's one of the hidden issue legal blind spots. Remember we were talking about whether it was okay for an older person to give away their money or not. If they have capacity, that's their decision. Now, there are some unintended consequences of giving away assets during life. There's four things that you might want to be aware of. Ask your accountant, your financial advisor, and your attorney about these things. Is there going to be a tax consequence? Is there going to be a loss of control and enjoyment over that asset for you, the person that's giving it away? How is this going to affect the rest of the family? And will that have long-term effects on family relationships after the gift giver is gone? And then number four, how is this going to affect an application for government benefits in the future? So this year, in 2022, the annual gift tax exclusion amount is $16,000 per person. So if you give less than $16,000 to a person, you don't have to file a 709 gift tax return. If you give them $16,000 or more, then you have to file the 709 gift tax return. You may not have to pay a tax right away, but the IRS wants to keep track of gifts valued at more than $16,000 a year per person. That's one of the tax consequences that you need to be aware of. Another tax consequence that you need to be aware of, well, let's talk about that after the break. You've heard it here on Talk Law Radio from Todd Marquardt about Older Americans Month. Stay tuned. could be a nightmare for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm, 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. This is Todd Marquardt on 930 AM The Answer and podcasts everywhere. If you have questions about a legal issue that you were surprised about, you thought was hidden and you fell into a trap, please let me know about it so that I can talk about it on the radio. You can always email host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S as in Sam, T as in Timothy, at talklawradio.com. Let me know so that I can make a show about it and maybe answer your question on the air. Okay, I was telling you about some tax consequences of lifetime gifts, or at least something that you should consider. And one is the annual exclusion amount, which this year is 16000 And the other thing is that lifetime gifts have a carryover basis. And that's as opposed to adjusted basis at the time of death. So the the thing that you're giving to your loved one might be subject to capital gains taxes. And if you give them the gift while you're still alive the tax is going to be different than if you give them that same thing upon death. So it's just something to be aware of because, hey, why would you pay more taxes than you have to? 
Another thing is control and enjoyment. If you give away something, well, you're giving up control and enjoyment over that. Maybe, but maybe there's a way for you to give away some of your property or your business or your financial accounts, but still maintain control over those assets. You know, you have to talk to a lawyer about it because it, it requires some uh, business structures and trusts probably. Another thing that you might be want to be aware of is how is this going to affect the rest of the family? Now, you decide what's fair. You decide whether somebody's in greater need than another person. That's up to you. But I'm just pointing out the fact that after 15 years of practicing law, I've seen a lot of people talk about what happened in their family and how they were disappointed or how they thought that somebody did something that was underhanded. And that may or may not be. Maybe it was a misunderstanding. Maybe they were just upset they thought was unfair. They didn't realize that you had reasons for doing what you did. So it might help to go to a lawyer just to get some practical advice on how can I smooth this over if I really want to do this, if I really want to give to somebody and not somebody else. And then the fourth thing is government benefits. A lot of people get this confused with the $16,000 a year tax rule. Well, Medicaid doesn't have a $16,000 rule. Their rule is that if you give away something, then that causes a penalty. And there's a five-year look back on gifts. So two completely different systems two completely different agencies. One is the IRS, one is Health and Human Services. They don't really um, have any of the same rules. So you want to be aware of that. Something that a lot of families do in order to keep the family together and to deal with business interests and real estate is they might create a family limited partnership. Um, This is a way of transferring value from one generation to the next. And uh, it works well when you have maybe more than others. This is is maybe for people in the middle class or in the uh, high net worth category when they're trying to pass down their assets while they're still alive, Um, but they're doing so in a tax-efficient and asset-protected way. Okay, so we're in the fourth segment. I don't have anybody here to talk legacy, but you know what time it is. And now it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. Ta da! <laughs> I'm going to be talking about legacy. And there are some other concerns that you might have in regards to legacy. It's helpful to start thinking about legacy while you're still alive, right? Because you can decide what your legacy is going to be. To some extent, uh, maybe you can't control what everybody thinks, but you can either invest in yourself or invest in your church or invest in the family business. To some extent, those decisions will color how somebody thinks about your legacy. In helping clients think about their legacy, I have some worksheets that I provide at the law firm. And uh, the, the law firm will provide copies of these documents if you email me at host at talklawradio.com. And the first worksheet I want to talk about is the Elderly and Disabled Care Concerns Assessment. This is something that you answer questions about just to prioritize what your values are and what your concerns are. And some of the things on the list are how to access and pay for care if I need it, 
running out of money, if I, bec- if I become ill and require significant care, having no control over who provides care for me and if I need it. So this one is geared heavily towards what type of care do I want in the future if I need it. Like I said, it's helpful to plan in, in advance and think about what could happen or what would happen because you might lose capacity to decide if some car accident happens or if some sudden illness takes over and you're not able to think clearly anymore. Something related that uh, we help people with at the law firm, they have questions. They want to learn about government benefits. Well, there are federal laws, there's federal case law, there's federal regulations, then there's state laws, state cases, and state regulations that we have to pour through when we're trying to help somebody qualify for government benefits. So we're, we're not a nonprofit education, um, but we can provide some guidance if um, you need it. So we have this um, flyer called Questions About How to Qualify for Medicaid or Veterans Aid and Attendance. Ask about our advanced elder plan of action. It's sort of like a blueprint. You provide some data, and then the lawyers will go over your data and compare it with what are the laws and regulations and how do we achieve a good result. Okay, so we're talking about Older Americans Month. We're on Talk Law Radio, 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Todd Marquardt, an attorney practicing in San Antonio, Texas. I'm also licensed to practice in New Mexico. Sometimes we have clients from New Mexico coming to Texas or clients in Texas that are going to New Mexico, or they just might own real estate in each state. We can make things uh, coordinated so that uh, everything works out the way that you want. Okay, now in regards to legacy, um, Marquardt Law Firm has a personal values questionnaire. This is something that you can get if you email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S as in Sam, T as in Timothy at talklawradio.com. This is just to help clarify in your own mind what you might want to do, what the possibilities might be. It starts out very basic, just suggesting that your legacy is more than money, more than assets. So you might want to pass on some values, and that's why it values is in the title. And so you answer questions about how you feel about the work that you made all your life, you know, the, the sacrifices, the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into your career. Um, some people saved and, and didn't do things. They stayed home. They didn't spend on concerts and theme parks, and they saved because they wanted their kids to have an education. So this is a questionnaire that will help clarify those values for you. I wanted to mention some legacy stories that I've heard from other people, and one was related to education. Um, Education often sets us up to succeed. We can get more out of life when we're able to Um, pay for things. Now, that doesn't mean that's the only part of life that's important. It just makes it easier to pay for food and gas, especially in an economy right now where inflation is predicted to be close to 10% this year. So getting an education for a lot of people that I've talked to was important to them, and so they want to pass that down to the next generation. They want to set up their family so that maybe there's a trust or a fund that provides for education for the next generation. 
Another one that I really liked was uh, family reunions. There was a fund to to pay for family reunions, you know, to pay for the food or the barbecue or something like that. And then later evolved into family vacations. So this is not just you and your kids, but your brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles and aunts. So that would be really neat for that to be an ongoing generational um, activity that would keep the family together. So I really liked that story. We're ending the show now. Um, I enjoyed being with you today. Let me know what your thoughts are. If you have any suggested topics, email me at host at talklawradio.com. I want to say a quick prayer before we go. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to talk about the law on the radio. Please be with those who are grieving, that they may remember your grace and mercy through Jesus. This is Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquart. Talk to you later. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.